Well, praise the Lord, everyone. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight. Amen. Our God's a good God. Amen. We want to go, Lord, in prayer. We want to open up in prayer tonight, praying, amen, for our nation, praying for our, the people of God all over the world, amen, and for God to bind this coronavirus tonight, amen, and those that may have been diagnosed as receiving this virus into their bodies, we want to pray for healing upon them and for a hedge of protection around each and every one else, our loved ones and our families. So if you would, join with me tonight, amen, as we call upon God tonight for our nation and for our churches and our pastors and families and loved ones tonight. Father, we come to you again. Lord Jesus, tonight, God, we know that there is nothing impossible for you. Father, you are indeed the glory and you are the lifter up of our heads. You are the almighty God, Jesus. You are the bread of life. You are the comforter, Father. You are the door. You are the everlasting life. You are the faithful one. You are the holy one of Israel. You are the indwelling spirit. You are the just king. You are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the master. You are the name that's above every name. You are the omnipresent spirit. You are the prince of peace. You are the quickening spirit. You are the rose of Sharon. You are our savior. You are our truth. You are our unleavened bread. You are our victory, O God. You are our word made flesh, O God. You are our expectations. You are our yoke and you are our zeal, Jesus. And there is none higher. There is none greater. There is none more powerful than you are, Jesus. And we honor you tonight with these lips of clay, God, giving you thanks for another glorious day that you have given, Father. We thank you for the cool rain that comes down to water the ground, O oh God, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, O oh God. And we know that your word will not return void, and it will accomplish that whereunto you sent it uh, and prosper in that which you please it, Father. We thank you again tonight that we have another opportunity to come in your presence with thanksgiving that you have opened the door for us god to come before you to make our petitions and our needs known to you you tell us to call upon you in the time of trouble and you will hear us and deliver us and we will glorify your name O oh god we thank you again tonight lord that there is no weapon formed against us shall prosper and every tongue that rise against us in judgment. God, you have given us a promise that we can condemn them tonight. Uh, God, we bind this virus in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh God. I, I plead your blood upon every household, God, tonight. Every person, Lord, that calls upon your name. Those that are fearful, oh God. Those that are running with anxiety in their lives, oh God. Your word tells me that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but you have given us power and You've given us love, and you've given us a sound mind, O oh God. And you tell us to fear not that you are with us, to be not dismayed that you are our God, and that you will hold us with your right hand of your righteousness, saying to us to fear not, O oh God. Uh, you tell us, God, when we pass through the waters, you will be with us, uh, and through the rivers they shall not overflow us, and through the fire they shall not burn us, uh, because you have called us by your name, God, that we are yours, Lord, and we know, Father, that all things do 
work together for good to them that love you, to them which are called according to your purpose, O God. So we're asking that your perfect will be done in the land tonight, God, from the east coast to the west coast, from the north and to the south, O God, in every place of this nation. Leave no rock, no, no stone unturned, O God. Let your spirit operate the way you desire it to be done, O God. Touch hearts of men and women tonight, uh, boys and girls, O God. Go into every hospital ward, uh, every nursing home, every home, O God. Uh, we're asking you, Lord, those that has contracted this virus, O God, tonight, I pray that you give the doctors wisdom and knowledge and understanding, O God, for every case and every situation, and that you let your wholeness flow, God, uh, that things that are needed in these states to to counter this virus, oh God. I pray that it will happen immediately, Lord. Uh, I pray, God, that you move mightily, Lord. I pray for our president and his cabinet, oh God, and the coronavirus task force and the CDC and all those that are working diligent to kind of combat this thing, God. Uh, I pray that you give them strength and knowledge and understanding and power and might of you, Lord God. Uh, Lord, we want your perfect will to be done in every situation, in every circumstance, uh, oh God, in every case, uh, and not only in this country, God, but all over the world, Lord, uh, all our places of the land, oh God, tonight. Uh, oh God, I'm asking you to touch, oh God, uh, over in Korea tonight, oh God, and Germany, oh God, and Italy, all over, Lord, Israel, oh God. Uh, I pray for the nation of Israel tonight, God, for her protection as well, Lord. Uh, touch her tonight, God, I pray, Lord. Uh, we need you, Jesus, uh, right now, God. Thank you again in this city, God, in this church, oh God. Uh, I pray for every family member of this church. Uh, continue to touch my dear friend, Brother Terry, tonight, Lord. Uh, continue to heal his body, God, I pray. Continue to lift him up expediently, him and Sister Sonia tonight. Uh, touch him tonight, oh God, I pray, Lord. Sister Barb, uh, Winlan, oh God, touch her, Lord, tonight. Christian, oh God, touch her heart and mind. Uh, oh God, I pray that you minister, Lord, uh, to Bob Widener, oh God. Touch Bob of this cancer in his body. Touch him tonight. Uh, touch Brother Leroy Bell tonight, Lord. Reach down, oh God. Uh, that nursing home, oh God, I pray. Touch him, Lord. Give them wisdom, protection. Touch Shirley Johnson tonight, Lord. Touch her tonight. Uh, oh, God, all over our state tonight, Lord. Uh, I pray, God, that you continue to touch Brother and Sister McGinnis tonight. Uh, Sister Skirky tonight. The Shepherd's household, Lord. Uh, the Lamb household tonight, oh, God. Uh, the Butterfield household tonight, oh, God. Uh, oh, Lord, I pray, God, that you continue, Lord, uh, the touch, oh God, the Rossville's household, touch the Demuth's household, oh God, minister in every place tonight. Uh, you are able, God. I pray for Chat and Teresa, uh, touch them tonight, oh God. I pray for Jim and Mary Booker tonight, uh, Ed and Paula Herman tonight, Scott and Evelyn Jacobs tonight, uh, Keith, oh God, and Melissa Fletcher, uh, Joe and Amber, oh God, Hamthorne tonight, oh God, uh, Dale and Malia. 
pace tonight. Our district board, oh God, our department heads, our leaders of our district, uh, oh God, protect your people tonight. Uh, my brothers and sisters and their families, oh God, tonight, uh, touch them, Lord, I pray. Heal, Lord God, protect them from this virus. Uh, touch my brother Drew, Major Tyrone, uh, my sister Moselle and Geraldine tonight. Uh, oh God, my nieces and nephews, oh God, in every place, my cousins uh, all over the land, oh God, in North Carolina, around the globe tonight. Uh, touch your people tonight, oh God, in every place, in every home. Uh, leave none un- unturned, oh God. Uh, you are able, Jesus, to heal, Lord, and we look to you who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, Oh, God, I know there's nothing impossible for you, and I honor you with these lips tonight, giving thanks. uh, Giving thanks, oh, God, again tonight. Uh, Touch my dear friend Phil Tolstad and his wife, Tawala, tonight. Uh, Oh, God, minister to them tonight, Lord. Uh, Bob Frizzell, Lord, I pray our missionaries, oh, God, uh, touch them tonight, oh, God, all over the globe. Touch our national leaders, uh, touch our district superintendent, oh God, our general superintendent and secretary, department heads, God, in every place, oh God, touch them tonight, Lord, I pray. Minister to them, Lord Jesus, Uh, only you know how, God, only you know how, Jesus, only you know how, oh God, in every church, Lord, touch the grants tonight. Oh, Brother John Grant, oh God, Roy and Lois Grant, oh God, touch them, Lord, I pray, those that are diagnosed with disease, oh God, let your healing flow, God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, for thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart.
and I will glorify thy name forevermore. Father, I praise you again. I thank you again tonight, Lord. I thank you again tonight, Jesus. I thank you, God. I thank you again. Hear our cry, O God. Attend unto our prayer from the ends of the earth, Father, where we cry unto thee. And when our hearts is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that's so much higher than I. For thou has been a shelter for me, God. You've been a, a place in a storm of life over us, O God. I will not fear, O God. I will not fret. Because you are my God and my God alone. Amen. Great is the Lord and he's greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountains of his holiness. Beautiful for situations, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the side of the north, the city of the great king. Oh, great is the Lord, and he's greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountains of his holiness, beautiful for situations. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the side of the north, the city of the great king. Oh, great is the Lord, and he's greatly to be praised in the city of our God. In the mountains of his holiness, beautiful for situations, joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the side of the north, the city of the great king. Oh, yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Great is the Lord, and he's greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountains of his holiness. Beautiful for situations, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the side of the north, the city of the great king. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. And if you're listening online tonight, we invite you to join with us. Amen. We're been talking about uh, recognizable faith, amen. And one thing we've got to realize is we have got to let our faith shine. The same way Jesus tell us in Matthew uh, 5, 16, to let our light shine that men will see how good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. We must let our faith be recognizable as well. In this time of crisis, in this corona epidemic, uh, pandemic, or whatever demic they're calling it, that is running all over the world as a child of God, now is the time. Now is the acceptable time, amen, to allow your faith to be bright than ever before. Amen. You don't want to hang your harps on the willow. Amen. You want to rise up every morning. You want to have a song in your heart. The Bible says, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord Oh, you earth. Amen. You don't want to be complaining about having to stay home. You don't want to be murmuring and complaining about the things that are transpired. Your hope is not in this world. Your hope is in Jesus Christ. The song says this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My 
treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels are beckoning me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Amen. We're going to a better place. We're going to a city where there'll be no night. We're going to a city where Jesus is the light. The trumpet's going to sound, uh, and we're going to be called away. Amen. And we're going to a, a city someday. Amen. But doing it in order to get there, we've got to have recognizable faith. Amen. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, Paul says. Uh, it is the evidence of things not seen. We want our faith to be recognized. Amen. Throughout the, the book. Amen. And we've been talking about this recognizable faith. And so this is probably going to be the last Wednesday night that we're going to focus on it. But Last week we was we was ending excuse me we was ending last week and I was talking about Saul that he has spent his whole forty years uh, as a king of Israel being anointed of God Amen but yet living his whole forty years in leadership in leadership role being fearful of people and being fearful of his enemies he never elevated himself to a point to where he trusts God. Amen. And some people might ask the question, well, if God knows everything and God knows us all, then why did he even choose Saul? Amen. Well, I believe, as Scripture says, that things are written, are written afore, that through patience and comfort of the Scripture, we might have hope. I think every lesson in the Word of God is designed to help you and I. I think Saul's story in the Bible is a story to help us leaders of God's people, how to lead God's people, to let us know that you've got to have faith and trust and confidence and believe in God. When God anoints you with the power of the Holy Ghost, when God calls you out of darkness unto his marvelous light, when God calls you into the ministry, there are certain criterias and responsibilities uh, that we must obey and we must do as men and women of God called to the ministry. Our faith foremost must be in God. and We must trust God. Uh, we must believe that God is with us no matter what comes our way, no matter what happens uh, in our lives. We know that he has anointed us for a purpose and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. As you see in David's life, when David is anointed to be the king, amen, the first thing David does, as we see after he's anointed to be king, is he takes on Goliath. Amen. When David says, you come to me with a spear and a shield and a sword, but I come unto you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel whom you are the fallen, this day I will deliver, he will deliver you into my hands. David was speaking with authority and power because Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions uh, and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. And his son Solomon would write in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, where the words of a king is, there is power. Amen. And who's going to say to him, what are you doing? Well, see, David was already anointed when he met Goliath to be the king of Israel. So when he opened his mouth, uh, there was already power 
coming out of his mouth. Amen. And so David's faith was already in gear. David had already seen that God could deliver him when David says to Saul, the God that we serve, uh, the God of Israel has delivered me out of the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, and he will deliver me out of the hands of this uncircumcised Philistine. Look at the faith uh, in David's ability he was saying, I will trust my God. And that's why you see when you read through the Psalms how David is saying some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. David knew what God had did for Israel. He knew what Moses had said and repented. Uh, he knew what the authors uh, of the old had said about God. And he had heard, amen, uh, how God had delivered and set the captive this free. He knew what God was able to do. And you and I, which called by his name, we must have faith to believe what God says he will do. He will do. Amen. Now, last week also we was in and we was talking about the importance of Livingston to have active listening. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and it comes by hearing the word of God. So you have to get the word of God. You have to be at a place where you can hear the word of God. Amen. So that your faith will grow. Amen. Because he's dealt to every one of us a measure of faith. Uh, amen. And so therefore... We have got to add to that faith, Peter says, virtue, virtue knowledge, knowledge temperance, temperance patience, patience godliness, godliness brotherly kindness. Amen. We need to add to it, but I've got to be able to listen to gain knowledge. I've got to be able to hear, amen, what I need to do. And so God's word is designed to help us to grow in the things of God. Now, we must also, one of the ways that we grow our faith in God is we've got to start practicing good ethics and etiquette. We've got to have good ethics and etiquette. And Romans chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, Romans 14, 16 and 17, Paul says, let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but is righteousness, peace, and joy, and the Holy Ghost. So we've got to learn how to do what is right. Amen. So ethics deals more with what is how we uh, deal right, as it's saying here. we got to be right when it comes to ethics. Uh, when we think of ethics, amen, uh, one word I like to use more than anything is that of integrity. Amen. You've got to be honest. You've got to be open, amen, and sincere uh, when it deals with ethics. Uh, amen. And etiquette is your conduct, how you behave, how you conduct yourself. And a lot of times, this is how our faith it's going to be recognizable, but you have to stop and realize this. The golden rule that Jesus gave covers it all. Let me say that again. The golden rule that Jesus spoke to in Matthew seven twelve covers it all. It covers ethics and it covers etiquette. When you look at 
Exodus 20, verse 5 through verse 11, what we call the Ten Commandments, when you look at those, when the six that is supposed to be in our relationship to one another, if I don't practice the golden rule, then I'm going to violate the Ten Commandments. It's just that simple. Because the, the, the golden rule is to do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. So God says, amen, that we should follow the pattern of the things that we have been told and that which we have been shown. Say, so we can't get away from the golden rule. I can remember when I was in the army and, and when they started having a lot of sexual harassment cases coming up. And the first thing they said was, one of the generals, uh, his first thing says to the people was, you've got to remember the golden rule. That's how you, he said, you will stop sexual harassment. That's how you will stop some of the wrongdoing. Is always do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. So having that in mind, we must not forget, amen, to look back and see what happened. And we look at David. David was known as a man after God's own heart. But David almost destroyed his faith by his action because he violated the golden rule. See, if you violate the golden rule, it's going to dim your faith. And the only way you're going to get your faith back is you're going to have to repent of your sins. That's why when Nathan came to David and he told David what he had done, David was crushed. And he he didn't know what to do. Amen. He was crushed. But David knew God's sovereignty. David knew God's love. David had seen what God was able to do. And that's why in Psalms 51, when he began to pray, he says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Amen. He, he went to God. He repented. Of his sins. Amen. Because David knew that he was to be the light of Israel. David knew as the king he had to be right. He knew to be the king he had to lead God's people correctly. Amen. And his faith in his God must not waver one bit. His faith had to be recognizable faith in order for people to follow him. Amen. When Nathan told him at the end that God had put away his sin, but he tells him there, amen, also in that same passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 12, verse 14, he tells him that the Lord says, Now you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord, to blaspheme, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 14. He says, you have given great occasion to the enemies 
of the Lord to blaspheme. Amen. Praise God. So we have to realize that we don't want to give the enemy any room to blaspheme God. Praise God. We must have recognizable faith in everything that we do in the presence of people. Our ethics, amen, must be honorable. We must be honest people in everything that we do. If you're not honest, your faith is going to be snuffed out. Your candle is not going to shine bright. If you do not have integrity, amen, you you might as well throw in the towel. Because we know that without honesty and righteousness, we can't make it. See? So people that fear what I find most of the time, and their faith is not shining bright, is they're not honest. You've got to learn to be honest. You're serving an honest God. Amen. He sees everything. He knows everything. You've got to have strong integrity. You've got to walk in your integrity. You've got to live by your integrity. That's why Job says in Job 27, he says to his his counterparts, amen. Let's go there real quick. Job 27, I think it is. Job 27, verse 5 and, and, and uh, 5. Job says to his, his friends, he says, God forbid that I should justify you. He says, till I die, I will not remove mine integrity from me. Amen. Job says, I'm going to hold to my integrity. You remember the second thing that the enemy, Satan, try to get Job was his integrity. Go back to Job chapter 2. Starting with verse 1. Job chapter 2. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence camest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and eschewer evil? And still he holdeth fast his integrity, Although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Amen. Now, notice what the Lord said. Amen. He still holds fast his integrity. No matter what he's going through. No matter what Job, he's just lost everything. Job has just lost his his children. Job has just lost all his material possessions. He has absolutely nothing to consider, amen, at this time. And God says, 
Amen. He's still holding to his integrity. He's still being honest. He's still being straightforward. Amen. And Satan is recognizing this, that Job has faith in God. Now watch this. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now, and touch his bones and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he's in thy hand, but save his life. So he went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord, and smote Job with swords, bulls, from the top sole of his foot, Unto his crown, and he took him a pot of shear to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Amen. Notice his wife even tried to get Job to forgo of his integrity. But Job says, oh, no. Oh, no. There's something that you just don't get rid of as a child of God. And that is your integrity. You do not compromise your integrity nor your moral courage. Amen. Those are things that you must hold on to. You must be ethical. Amen. If you don't practice ethics, uh, if you don't practice etiquette, then your, your faith light will be snuffed out every time. Amen. You've got to be strong in these two areas in your life. Amen. You don't proselyte other uh, from other churches, amen, to try to build your church. Uh, you don't lie. You don't cheat. Uh, you don't backbite people. You don't gossip about people. Remember, the golden rule is to do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Amen. And so with with etiquette, etiquette deals, uh, amen, as I said, our behavior. And this 21st century and the culture that we are living in is, is becoming harder and harder to recognize true Christians. Amen. The, the church is starting to, to take on so many, uh, what you might say, looks uh, of the world today. They're starting to act like the world. They're bringing the world in, into where the church is. Uh, I was so saddened. I was watching Christian broadcasting news the other uh, week, and they were showing the churches in England uh, that is no longer being used, and they've turned them into, to, like, Hollywood studios to, to train actors uh, for, for the world, and they've Turn them into, amen, skating rinks uh, for kids to play in. The house of God, uh, amen. And Jesus had already, when he walked in and they was selling money changers and selling goods and selling animals in the church, and Jesus says, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a, a den of thieves, amen. 
We have to be careful. Amen. We can't let the world come into the church. Uh, amen. When you got scrub lights uh, flashing in the church and we've got people that looks like they are on the street corner. Amen. Then that is not recognizable faith. Amen. We need to realize uh, that God wants his church to be pure. He wants his church to be holy. He wants his church to be right. Amen. Our dress and our appearance as children of God must not be like the world. We've been called out of the world. Amen. If I'm scrabbling the fence, if I look like the world and I act like the world, I might as well be in the world because the Bible tells me as a man thinketh, so is he. Now, I know that Jesus says in the Word of God that man looks on the outward but God looks on the heart. I understand that 100%. But if you're going to have recognizable faith, I can't look on your heart. Only God can look on your heart. Amen. I can only see your outward appearance. I'm not judging you, but I'm a fruit inspector, and I say that all the time. Amen. If it looks like an apple, I want it to be an apple. Amen. If it's a grapes, I want it to be grapes. Amen. I don't, I don't want it to be something fake. Amen. We got to be right, recognizable faith. As this preacher, I will tell you, I have absolutely nothing against facial hair on a man. <laughs> I don't want it on a woman. I have nothing against facial hair on a man, but I will tell you, it distracts from your recognizable faith. It distracts from your recognizable faith. Because the world is gone that way. The world is acting that way. Amen. That's the same way with, with certain of the ladies' clothes, uh, the hoses, the shoes, you know, so-called fishnet hoses and all these things. You have to be careful because the world is using the same things to propagate the world. So we don't want that in the church. We have to have recognizable faith in the church. Amen. We need to be God's people. Our ethics uh, and our etiquette must recognize and be recognizable by the Lord Jesus Christ. We have got to stand firm on the truth of God's word. Come out from among them and be separate, said the Lord. And touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you unto myself, and I will be a father unto you. Amen. God's people has got to be have recognizable faith. You've got to believe in God. You've got to obey His Word. You cannot pick and choose God's Word. Here's a few etiquettes, amen, that can destroy your faith. Being impolite. If you're yelling and screaming at your kids or you're yelling and screaming at the waiter or you're yelling and screaming and being disrespectful to someone else, you're very impolite to people talking loud, you know, and saying nothing. You know, you have to realize that will destroy your faith. You have to learn how to use the right tune of voice. You have to learn how to use tact and diplomacy. You got to be able to get your point across 
without being offensive and being impolite to people, interrupting people. Amen. You've got to learn the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Being late will destroy your faith. Because being late all the time is a sign of slothfulness. It's a sign of slothfulness. And Solomon in the book of Proverbs, pages after pages, talks about slothfulness and laziness. He says in Proverbs 24, 30 through 34, I went by the field of the slothful and by the field of the man born of understanding and was all broken down and grown over and you know, needles and thorns was all over the place. Amen. That's what happened when we get lazy. See, we have to be careful. We can't be late. We got to be on time. If anything should wake the Christian up, how many times in your life have you heard the parable of the ten virgins? How many times have you heard that? What happened? The Bible said they all ten slumber and slept. But when it was the call came, five foolish did not have any oil. And so when they went back to get oil, the bridegroom came. And they missed the wedding. They missed being able to get in. And when they knocked on the door, he says, depart from me because I knew you not. You were late. I guarantee you, if you like me, one of the worst feelings I've ever had is when you're flying. And you know you've got to get to that gate to catch that flight, to get to your destination. And you get to that gate and that door is closed. And they are not going to open that door to let you get on that plane. That's one of the worst feelings I've ever had. Because every time that has happened to me, I've always thought to myself, what if that would have been Jesus and I was late? See, my faith to be recognized, it gets me to the gate early. It gets me there before the flight is ready to go. You know, they they say if you're going to catch a flight now, depending on where you're going, you might need to be there at least three hours prior so that you get through TSA and everything so you're at the gate on time. Because if you ever flown, you, you see them little signs and you hear them saying the gate closes about 10 minutes to 15 minutes before the plane is ready to depart. And believe me, brothers and sisters, when they close that door, they're not opening it back up for you. So you don't want to be late. You want to have recognizable faith is you're, you're down there. <laughs> You're through. You're, you're already through the gate. You're down, done, got your hamburger, your Big Mac fries. You know, you got your soda. You got your Starbucks coffee. You got everything you need, amen, for the flight. And you're sitting at the gate. You got time to eat your fries. 
your Big Mac, you know, your Starbucks coffee, and you've even looked at your watch and you've got time to get up and go to the bathroom before you get on the plane. And then you come back and you realize, I still got 15 or 20 minutes before they call. See, that's recognizable faith because you're ready to go. See, you've got to be ready. You don't want to be late. Amen. You don't want to be late coming to someone's house when they invite you. You know, you, you want to prepare so that you don't get there too early, but you want to be on time. Amen. That's recognizable faith. Failing to introduce others. Amen. If you realize you got someone with you, don't assume that the person knows the other person that you're with. Introduce them. Amen. So that they know who you are and be able to converse in the conversations too. Don't chat or text on your cell phone while others are physically present in the front of you. Amen. Learn some habits. Learn some discipline. You know, when you're talking to other people, don't play with your phone. Don't chat on your phone. Don't text on your phone when others are around you. Amen. Learn to discipline yourself. That person in front of you is more important than who's on the other side of the phone, unless you're expecting some emergency. Amen? So remember that. Amen. Always RSVP. You get an invitation. You know, RSVP. Let the person know you're coming or not. That gives you, that's recognizable faith. Amen. You might not think so, but it shows that you are a person of good sound character when you RSVP. You know, if you, if the person has got to wonder if you're coming and they don't know you're coming, you know, you don't let them know you're coming, then Guess what? You might not get an invitation the next time. So you have to realize that. Amen. So there's many things that we must do, amen, to show forth our faith in God's abilities. Amen. Now let's look at Hebrews 11 real quick. We're talking about faith. Amen. We want to go to Hebrews chapter 11. Amen. Tonight. And let's walk through this real quick with you. Hebrews 11, we're going to start with verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Our forefathers obtained a good report by their faith. Notice. They obtained a good report by trusting God, believing in God. The Bible says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. See, what are people saying about you? What are people going to say about you? What kind of legacy are they going to talk about when you are gone? If the Lord should tarry. Are they going to say you was a man, a woman of great faith and you believe God and you trust in God and you were always elevated and talking about God? Or are they going to say, well, I don't know if he's saved or not. I don't know if he believed in God or not. You know, one of the saddest things is when people die, they get like 10, 15 minutes to talk about your life. And I've been in many funerals. 
You know, people try to put everybody in the heaven, but I never hear them talking about the person's faith in God. That just rocks my cradle. They talk about the person is in God, but they never talk about the person going to church. They never talk about how he was faithful to the, his community. They never talked about how he was serving God. None of that. So I would like to know how they made it. Because, you know, if they, if they got the secret on that, please share it with me. Because I don't think so. But the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which were seen were not made by the things which do appear. Through faith. Number four. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Now Abel is dead. But what he did speaks to you and me about righteousness and doing right. He offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 4 that Abel brought of the firstlings. He gave God the first. Amen. And as a result of that, God testifying of his gifts that he was righteous. And when you study the scripture, you will find that it's always that we are to those to give the God first. Uh, that's why your tithe is always the first. You always give God first in everything. You give him your first praise in the morning when you get up. Amen. You offer up the sacrifices of praise. That's why the Bible says, from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. If you believe in God, if you trust in God, if you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, when you get up in the morning, uh, the first thing you're supposed to do is offer praise and thanksgiving to God. Amen. If your family is in your house, uh, they're supposed to hear you giving God's praise and thanks. Uh, amen. They're supposed to see you, amen, worshiping God and giving God thanks and exalting the Lord our God. Amen. Because that's recognizable faith. Amen. Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice and God testifying of his gifts. And even though he's dead right now, it still speaks to you and me, brothers and sisters, to give God the best and to give God the first, amen, in everything that we do. Number five, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had translated him. But before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Amen. Enoch walked with God. For over 300 years. Think about it. You have to go back to Genesis uh, chapter 6 to read about that. Amen. He walked with God that long. Notice the Bible says, 
he was translated that he should not see death and was not found. But before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Is God pleased with you? Is God well pleased with you right now? Is the coronavirus hitting us in the world because God is not well pleased with us? In it, please God. Because, verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, you've got to have faith to believe God. You've got to believe God at all things, no matter what you're going through. Every scripture of promise uh, that has been given to you and me from the Word of God, we've got to believe it, uh, and we've got to trust God. If I go to God in prayer, and I ask God to do something for me, I've got to believe it, that He's going to answer me. Amen. He's going to have to come, He will come through for me. Amen. So I've got to believe that. I've got to let my faith, uh, I can't lean to my own understanding. In all my ways, I must acknowledge Him, and He will direct my path. Amen. God knows the things I have need of. Amen. And I have to make sure that what I'm asking Him for is a need and not a want. Amen. Yes, there's nothing wrong with having some wants. Uh, but my, the Bible says God will supply all my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. So when I come to God, i got to have the faith and the belief that God will answer. Look at Elijah. Amen. When Elijah, you talk about recognizable faith. Look at Elijah in First Kings chapter 18 when he summoned them onto the mountain uh, top, the 450 false prophets of Baal, and then the other 400 uh, prophets that had dinner at Jezebel's table. Amen. You look at them when he summons them to the top of Mount Carmel, and Elijah says, we're going to make it. He asked the people, how long halt you between two opinions? He says, if God is God then you serve God. If not, then you serve the devil. You, but you can't have it both ways. And Elijah put his faith and trust in God. Notice, it has not rained for three and a half years. Amen. And because Elijah says, it's not going to rain. Amen. And it did not rain. He put his faith in action. And as a result, when they have the sacrifice auction, or, or duel, should I say, amen. And the false prophets got up, they cut their animal, amen. They called upon their God from morning to evening, and nothing happened. They jumped up on their altars, and they cut themselves, and blood is running everywhere, and nothing is happening. Elijah makes fun at him. He says, man, you got to call him a louder. you got to call him loud. Maybe he's sleeping, got to be woke up. Or maybe he's chasing someone and, and he don't have time to stop. Or maybe he took a vacation. Amen, I'm paraphrasing here. But he said, maybe that's where he is and he can't hear you. 
recognizable thing. But then Elijah says, okay, it's my turn. You guys had your turn, now it's my turn. He says, build back up the altar. They built up the altar. Now Elijah says, pour four barrels of water on that thing. Now you got to remember, water is a, a commodity here. They ain't got any rain. So they pour four barrels over the sacrifice. He says, do it again. They do it again. He says, do it again. Twelve barrels of water over it. Had trenches all around it. And all Elijah did was knelt down and he prayed. And he says, God and Father of our Lord Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let it be known that you are the God in heaven. Amen. And you have commanded me to do this. Boom. The fire fell from heaven, consumed the sacrifice, leapt up the water, leapt up the bricks, leapt up the dust. Amen. And the people, they fell on their face. And they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Amen. Notice, recognizable faith. And then Elijah, amen, tells his servants, go tell King Ahab to get down because I hear abundance of rain. Amen. And he went and Elijah knelt down and put his head between his legs uh, and he prayed and he told his servants, go look and see if there's a cloud out there. He went and he looked, he came back and said, there's nothing out there. He said, go back again. He went, looked, came back, nothing out there. He said, go seven times. He went out there seven times, came back, and he says, well, I see a little cloud about the size of a man's fist. Amen. He says, go tell Ahab to get down, for I hear abundance of rain. Don't delay. Amen. And Elijah took off running, and he outran the chariots because the clouds turned black and the rain came down. Amen. Because God has said he will not rain until Elijah said it will rain. Amen. That's recognizable faith. When you go to God, you've got to believe. That he is. Amen. Just hold on. Amen. Number seven. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen of yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became the heirs of righteousness. It had never rained before. And God says to Noah, I'm going to destroy the earth. Noah, build an ark. Can you imagine no rain? You get the plans from God to build, and nobody is helping you but your family. But notice, Noah was a hundred years, I read, building that ark. He showed his faith every day out there, cutting the wood, building, putting that thing together. And as a result, when it was all done, and God brought those animals to him and put them in there, and when God shut the door and it began to rain, we see, amen, Noah's faith was recognized. God has already told you and me that he's going to destroy the earth the next time by fire, not by flood. So are you going to be in the boat? Are you going to be in the church? Or are you going to be out of the church? Amen. I want to help build the church. Amen. Because we know it's going to be tested by fire. Amen. And I want to be able to endure and stay in. Amen.
Praise God. The next was Abraham. Abraham had recognizable faith. He didn't start with, but amen, but he built it real quickly. Amen. God told him to leave home. He left home. Amen. But God told him he would bless him. Abraham and Sarah, they was looking for a child. Amen. And the delay process, 25 years. Amen. That's the thing. It's notice. God makes you a promise. He don't tell you when I'm going to do it. See? He, didn't, he doesn't tell you when he's going to do it because he wants you to walk by faith. See, if, if, if that's why the Bible says, if, if you're going to get what you see, that ain't hope. <laughs> you know? See, you, you got to realize that God makes us promises. And he will come through because he's faithful. He can't lie. So you and I have to walk by faith and not by sight. My faith is in God. My trust is in God. My hope is in God. He already knows what I need. He already knows what I prayed for. So I'm not wearing when it's going to come and when it's going to happen. Only thing I know is I got a promise it's going to happen. When Jesus left, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you shall be also. He didn't say when I'm coming back. He didn't give me a timeline. Amen. He, he did give me some hints. He says, when you see earthquakes and pestilence in divers places, he said, look up because your redemption is drawing nigh. Amen. He said, these are the things of sorrows, but your redemption is starting to draw nigh. And so we need to be ready. We need to have faith and trust and believe in God. And so the writer of Hebrews says, after Abraham patiently endured, he received the promise. See, you got to learn how to have patience in order for your faith to be recognized. That's why Peter says you got to add patience to your faith so that you don't miss the promises of God. You've got to add the knowledge to God's word, the faith, the virtue. You've got to have ethics and etiquette. In a sense, is virtue. Amen. You've got to have knowledge. You've got to have to understand how God's word unfolds to you so you know how to live your life according to God's word. You've got to have that knowledge based on that faith. You've got to have self-control. You've got to, especially in times like these, you've got to have some self-control or else you're going to destroy your faith and you're going to destroy you and everything God is trying to build in you. Amen. You've got to be holy. You've got to have keep your love. Amen. You've got to keep your love in God first and foremost. As Jude said, you beloved, be yourself upon your most holy faith, praying in the holy. Keep yourself in the love of God. You've got to have love. Amen. And God will get us through this thing. Amen. So during this month, amen, we've been talking about having recognizable faith. Amen. And I pray that there's something I've said this month or something that has energized you, that makes you want to increase your faith in God and live more holy and righteous and pure for God and doing the right things in God and not leaning into your own understanding. Amen. So that you don't miss the ship when they comes back for us. Amen. Because one day it's going to get out of here and we're going to reign and be with him forever and ever. Amen. Praise God. Lord, we thank you tonight. God, again, I thank you so much for your word. 
Thank you so much for your goodness. And I pray for everyone that was under the sound of my voice tonight, that they will be strong in the faith and in the power of your might, God, that they will not lean to their own understanding, but in all their ways acknowledge you so that you can direct their paths. We give you thanks. Next month, we will be talking about compassion. Amen. So get ready to talk about compassion. We're going to become true cross bearers. Amen. And with our compassion in the Lord. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you online Sunday. Lord Terry. God bless you.